You're listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. Welcome to the All to Play For Euro 2020 post-match podcast brought to you by Joe and Coral with me, Lindsay Hipgrave, and you, Joe Cole. And England were on fire last night, thrashing Ukraine 4-0 to pick their spot in the semi-finals of the Euros, their biggest ever Euros win. And Joe, you're fresh off the pitch today. I was celebrating two brilliant victories. Yeah, 3-0, Linz. None of my centre-halves turned up, so I had to drop into, into the back four. Um, and you know like Harry Maguire inspired performance we kept a clean sheet and we won 3-0 I actually played centre half without heading the ball once so <laughs> worked that out I was just covering round like a sweeper but it was good good fun and we're going to go to the to the pub you know, you know as soon as this is finished so very very happy two great wins brilliant any hamstring injuries? no, no I think I've cracked it now if I play centre half I don't have to I can pick and choose when I sprint if I'm in the right position, so because I can't sprint anymore, my hamstrings and, and my knees and pips are in tatters, but I love playing. So I think I found my position. Joe Cole, the centre half, but who would have thought it? I'd like to see that, definitely. <laughs> but with England, Joe, it really does feel like something special is happening, doesn't it? Was that the most convincing knockout tournament display you can remember seeing from England? Without doubt, Lynn, I've been, I've been, we've been threatening this performance for a long, long time. Um, yeah, something special has been brewing. You know, I've been banging the drum for this group of players for, for years now, and Gareth is a manager. Um, and it was just, it, they answered all, the, all of the questions they needed to answer. You know, the first game away from home in Rome, um, on the pitch, big, big favourites, change the system again, bold decision by the manager in his team picking but people you know the furore of who he picks and who he doesn't pick is sort of that that noise is dying down now because even people who would have played Grealish who would have played Foden you know they, they, they just believing in Gareth because he's he's getting the job done and some of the football from the lads was stunning like we need a whole hour-long episode to go through mm-hmm. each and every one of the players in subs included uh management everything it was just a fantastic performance and you can feel the groundswell of pride when you're out and about on the streets talking to people about this team and this group of players and the belief is growing. And um, you, what a, just what a performance. It was everything about it was stunning. How impressive is, is the way he's using that squad as well? Because as you said, everyone he's bringing in is justifying their selection. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, it's incredible what he's doing, right? And and, and because it's it's almost like a club team. He's he's switching systems, maybe bringing players in. He's playing certain players in certain games, and all of the players are buying in. Like as a manager, it's tough to get that that rhythm, like and then getting players buying. And one player, you know, who's probably arguably Marcus Rashford is, is hasn't shown his quality. We all know what a great player he is so far in this tournament. But even when Marcus come on last night. We're three new up, four new up, and he's back at the far post defending. You know, keen, keeping the clean sheet going for lads, and like that's a credit not only to to Marcus himself for, for having that kind of that desire and that you know giving himself to the team, but also the group. Everyone who comes in is so, like it's it's such an uncomfortable position for an England fan to be in because. You know, we sort of, it's mock, when we like, it's coming home and things like that, a lot of it is in jest and we enjoy the banter and we like that. Yeah. But genuinely now, 
you know, it's you can't like, believe that it, it can happen now. It's it's genuine. It's two games, Lins, from Im- immortality for these young players and this, and this management team, and it's there. Is there and the, the one thing to be mindful of on, on Wednesday night is is the fear, the fear factor. It'll be a different game to Ukraine. I, I, I thought Ukraine would be a not would be a comfortable game, but it's managing the fear now because it's not just belief; it's expectation now. And when Gareth names his team Wednesday night, there'll be nobody questioning him. Well, there will, there will be people questioning, him, but it will, won't hold no weight because the whole country is just behind Gareth. Behind his team, there'll be what sixty thousand there. How, as a player, can you try and use that energy rather than let the fear get on top of you? You, you know, like momentum, Lynn's momentum, momentum is so crucial in tournaments. And you know, after the, the group stage, we 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 had conversations with our guests, and you know, we're picking the bones out of certain performances, and uh, you know, that wasn't quite good enough. That wasn't quite good enough. And I always said. From the start, from day one, I said, I said, balance. We looked like we had good balance without being extraordinary with the ball, look like taking teams apart, like we've seen the Dutch do, like we see the Spanish do at times. But the balance was in. It was building. The momentum was coming. And now that performance in a quarterfinal of a major tournament, regardless of, 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 of the name of the opponent, Ukraine not being, you know, one of the big, big, big guns, that performance at that stage sets us up to not just not just believe now, we expect. And, it, and, and Wednesday night's going to be for these players, just go out there, you know, taking that, taking that environment and know that every one of the people, barring a handful of the people in the stadium, is going to be behind you. And that yeah. is, what a feeling as a player that is. That is incredible. It does not, doesn't happen a lot. And you remember in your career the, the moments when it does. And you just, you just got to just ride with it and just, just play with your emotion and your passion and just just go and do it and I think part of that belief as well is coming from the fact that that's a fifth clean sheet in the tournament now I think that's seven in a row for the first time in England's history now we haven't conceded in 662 minutes which feels like tournament winning defensive form and I just love watching them the way they're celebrating defending the way we're, we're used to seeing the Italians do Exactly, exactly. And they've got, and it's not just the back four. You can wax lyrical about Jordan Pickford and the back four because they've been fantastic, a lot of them, but also, also the boys in front of them, Rice and Phillips. But Mason Mount, there's a situation in the first half where Mason Mount wasn't at his spectacular best. He didn't score a goal, um, you know, score a goal or do anything incredible in pitch. But he, there was a moment in that game when it was 1 0. And that they got a good bit of play, and Dimitrenko got down the side, and he cut a ball back. I think it was Dimitrenko or Yarmolenko, and he he read it. He, he runs seventy yards. He read it. Defensive instincts. He got it and got England out. And it just it just snuffed them out. Like the Ukraine, just to just to just to get up the pitch, they had to make three or four fantastic passes just to get up the pitch because our press yeah. was so good. Like, and they just we just suffocated them. And they, after after the second goal, that they, they it was like. When a boxer's cru- like knows he can't win a fight and he's just trying to cruise to the end of the game and not get hurt, and that's what you felt the Ukrainians were at times. They were just trying to wait for the ninety minutes and not have a little six or a seven nil, when it, you know, and and that would be successful. And we was outstanding, and the character of the players is just it's inspiring to watch. What did you make of Luke Shaw? Because I just loved watching him last night, and he he didn't start the first game, but. What do you think of his contribution since then? Well, he's been fantastic, hasn't he, Luke? And, you know, I met Luke 
few years ago, I went to watch Manchester United train in Miami under, when he was under Jose. And he wasn't, you know, I've never met him when, you know, he was seen like a lovely fella. And you look at him and you, people, what people forget about him, he had a horrific injury when he first went to Manchester United. In the Europa League, he got it, didn't he, when he yeah, broke his pe- leg? Yeah, and people question his, um, people have questioned his attitude and his mentality. But come, just to come back from that injury and get back to a level is, is an achievement. But to get back to the level he's showing now, a major tournament, you know, and he's a lot of credit. You know, we forget about that, and he gets a lot. He's had a lot of stick. He's come. So, a list, list of these players have come through a lot of criticism, a lot of criticism, and they just they seem to be in a position now where they're at. So many of them are at the top of their game. And if this tournament had happened when it was supposed to last year, Luke Shaw probably wouldn't have even been in the team. Luke Shaw, Mason Mount, Jack Grealish, Calvin Phillips. Time in Linz, you need, listen, we've had a we've had 50, 60 years of moments not going for us. Some, some self-inflicted because our system was never in place to produce these players, you know, and I think the FA during the 80s, 70s, 80s and 90s took their foot off the ball and noughties as well in terms of the system. That's a whole other, that's a, the way we played, the way I was taught to play as a kid was wrong we were, and we wasn't producing the depth of players a Steven Gerrard or a Frank Lampard will will, will, will emerge Rooney because they're, they're sent from the gods them type of players but we're, tactically we're, we was in there we were so far behind but then the FA and the clubs got together put a system in place about 15 years ago 16, 17 years ago and these young players have taught the game tactically and technically the right way so we're producing the right the right type of players now for international football to compete. So they need credit for that. But we've so much hurt have been over the years and the moments weren't right. And now the players are dealing with the moments. They're, 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 they're not only are they, they the top players, they know how to, they know how to um, mentally prepare for a game. They know how to see out a game. They know how to, to, to change systems within, within a games two or three times, play different positions. I was racking my brains about anything to say where I can put a bit of spin on it. Like I say, well, we need to be mindful of this or mindful of that. Everything about what's going on at the moment is is perfect. And it's worrying as an Englishman because <laughs> we're always worried. That we're expecting something bad to happen yeah. at any moment. Like, apart from maybe a couple of moments in the first half, maybe Kyle Walker was a little bit sloppy a couple of times. Apart from that, it's hard to, to find a fault in that performance. There's no listen. You were not playing 90 minutes of football against world class players without making a mistake. You know, like like Raheem's bad pass that let let in Muller. Like this, this will happen. But what you have to remember is that everything else around it, the stuff that you can control, you can, you control. You know, and 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 then if Dennis up in the air with the gods, you know what happens. But the boys are just on it. They're responding well to mistakes. Raheem went and scored in that game. Um, after giving the ball to Muller, I thought it was excellent again last night. Um, Sancho coming in was was good as well. So yes, yeah, so many things that are just going well. A first start for for Sancho since that that move to Manchester United about seventy three million. What did he show you that he can offer them? I was a bit concerned Gareth playing him because he, you know, when he alluded to it at the start of the game, he felt he gives us one on ones, and I've not seen Jaden Sancho enough. I've not seen enough one-on-ones. But well, you know, Phil Foden's got one-on-ones as well, and so's Jack Grealish, and so's Marcus Rashford. So why has he gone with Jaden? But he dribbled with a ball, and he glided, and it was it got me off my sofa watching the game. 
I was like, right, okay, that's like, he took two, three players out of the game. Um, and I was like, right, okay, that's why. That's Jaden Sancho. Like, n- now I know. Um, Man United have got a fantastic player there. Like, again, it's, it's another one where it's another bold decision by Gareth and another one that works. Do you think he'll be involved more now going forward? Oh, for sure. For sure he'll be involved. Um, we can't we can't waste too much time talking about players who didn't play because we need to focus on the players that are on the pitch, like building them up. But, um, you know, he'll either start the next game or it'll be first or second sub to come on to, to give us something different in, in certain aspects of the game. I think Gareth will, will do exactly what he's done for every other game. He's ignored the noise. He's put it aside. He'll look at Denmark and he go, which one of my players with their tools that they've got at their disposal can hurt Denmark and I think Jaden Sancho you know he, that boy's got a lot of tools to hurt the opposition so he, he's in the conversation to start the semi-final that's for sure and you talked about Raheem Sterling as well he's been brilliant from the start of the tournament again last night but Harry Kane has, has come alive as well is that partnership that, that link up between the two just really clicking at the right time as well yeah what about Harry Kane's volley my goodness <laughs> I know I know I just thought it was for sure, the hat-trick. Oh, it was like, that's a player. The first two games, he looked like he had the weight of the world on his shoulder, Harry. He wasn't like the player we've seen consistently over the last seven, eight years. He, you know, cause, and, and it was in the brain. It's the mind, the mind of a footballer. Forget the right foot, the left foot. The mind is where it happens. And for whatever reason, Harry just felt the burden the first two games. But that's gone now. That, that, that volley, forget the goals, that volley, when he's hit that, first of all, there's probably five or six players in the world football who could do that. And and you have to be confident to do it as well. So you we've got now in our disposal one of the top three centre forwards in world football on having the time of his life confident. So we are in a great position with him. Any chance that drops to him Wednesday night, that's got, it's, it's a goal. Bang. No no worries. We, we've got that in our And that will put the fear, fear of God into to the Danish and yeah. Sterling as well, when you look at the numbers, he's now been involved in 22 goals in his last 21 England appearances. For Kane, it's 27 goal involvements in his last 26. You feel like we've got the best two forwards left in, in the tournament. Yeah, yeah. And they're being supplied by whoever plays behind them or in the pockets. It feels like you're just constantly singing the praises but you have to we're so excited as fans as ex-players now I've not been at a tournament since 2010 so I've been effectively a fan for three, four, five, six tournaments whatever it may be and even the ex-players like myself and my colleagues in the media like you feel that genuine love for this team like belief you know we're going to do it and I just that helps. That helps as well. It's only like a tiny 0.5%, but it helps the lads because they don't need people constantly picking the bones out of stuff. We need to be critical. We need to be, you know, think where we can improve because it's part of our job and the fans, that's what we that's what we get put on the screens for and that. But genuinely, you look at the boys in the studio and you listen to them t- and, and, and we're reflection of the, of the, of the fans. Now, we, we, we love this team. We believe in this team and... You know, we're just excited. And we've, like you said, we've got the two best centre-forwards left in the tournament. So we, we fear no one. 
And I love that um, Southgate as well was saying that he's spending all of his time really worrying about the the players that he's not including in the squad, that he's got to leave three of them out. And and he's thinking about the, the guys who aren't getting the minutes, like Cordy, like Chilwell. And Henderson mm. was talking about the support that those players are offering behind the scenes in the changing room. And Southgate says they're the ones that are helping us be as successful as we are. They, they've just got that spirit between all of them, even the ones who aren't playing. Well, listen, another another th- uh, thing to talk about is because I've, I've met, I, I played with Connor in his debut for Liverpool. And I know the lad and I know the character. He's got with quality player in the back three for Wolves. He's been a fantastic player in the Premier League. And you wouldn't want a better lad to be in that situation because he would be genuine from the bottom of his heart driving the players forward. You know, some players can't accept not being the main man, but Connor would be. And Jordan Henderson, what a moment for him. 60 games and he's, he scored his first goal. It's the only thing that is taking him so long because I know Jordan's quality, you know, he, and his ability to run into... I don't know how that's happened. He's not scored a goal. Sorry, I was going to say it's the longest wait of any England player. That is incredible uh, uh, because he's, he's a talented player. And But he's the journey he's had, the injury he's had to come back. Probably only him and his character. Only that type of drive would get him on the pitch and influencing games at this stage of the tournament. So like, like you said, all of these characters, all of, the, all of the, the, the broth, all of the soup, all of the different characters in the dressing room, he's coming together. And Gareth saying what he said, that just sums the man up. You know, like, he's like, he... he, he the empathy for them type of players. Because I've been in that situation. I've been, I've been, in, I've been to tournaments. I've played every game, every minute, or whatever. And I've been there when I've, I've been the first sub to come on this. And then I've yeah. been where I've not played a minute in 2004. So I've experienced all of them. I've been in the shoes of all of them players and, and the different mindset it takes. And, and, and one thing I would say, without being disrespectful to the managers I played under, no one, none of them could have touched Gareth. Ferrari's doing it. And, Sometimes the lowest commodity in the coaching world that people look at is actual playing experience. And Gareth's wisdom from where he's been, from missing the penalty in 96 and seeing Venables, seeing Glenn, seeing Sven, you know, that is invaluable. You can't calculate it. You can't give yourself a badge and a license this or that. But Gareth, that plus his ability to translate it to the players is just, is unique. And it's just, he's the perfect man for the perfect job at the perfect time. And I'll just be just so happy for him and proud of him as an Englishman, you know, come Wednesday night when he takes us to our first major final. And no yellow cards as well, so so they're all available. I, I was getting excited every time he went to make a substitution because I just think for, for any opposition, that bench is frightening. The players oh, he can bring on at any point. And that we, we did it, as you said, without <laughs> Grealish or Foden last night. Uh, yeah, but exactly. You know, and you look at that, and that's, what's, that's, what will be the, that's been the difference and it will be the difference in these two games because Denmark, they can't change, the, change it up as much as we can during the game. You know, them boys are going to have to might have to play for 120 minutes and try and keep out Sterling, Kane, Grealish, Foden, Rashford, Sancho, Mount, like whoever, like fresh coming on at six. They can't do it. The Danish, they will not be able to keep us at bay. And even the Italians, a 36 year old Kielin and a 34 year old Benucci, if we got them in the final, how are they going to be watching Sancho come on after 80 minutes and Grealish come on driving at him with a ball fresh? Uh, uh, you know, and the Spanish as well. 
Busquets, if we get them in a fight, I'm, I'm getting well ahead of myself. But <laughs> You're allowed I'm, to yeah, now. I'm allowed I'm gonna, to. I'm going to let I'm, you. <laughs> you yeah, can I'm get getting, carried away. I, I'm going to get carried away because that's just me. And even the Spanish, as Busquets going to deal with Mount running off him. And, and then when Mount comes off the pitch, he's got to deal with Foden. Like, I just don't think they're going to be able to deal with us. We're too young. We're too powerful. We're too confident. And um, coming home. We've got all the options. It's 40 oh. to 1 with Coral for Kane and Sterling. Balls to score any time and sure to have an assist against Denmark. And Harry Kane is now 4 to 1 with Coral to finish the top goal scorer at Euro 2020. I, I wouldn't put it past him. He's on three now. He just needs three more. Very possible. Right. A brace, a brace, and the winner in the semi. That's job done. Harry. Who is your man of the match then, Joe? Oh, Gareth Southgate. <laughs> Gareth Southgate like I can't give it to a player I can't give it to one of the lads because it'll be like you know like choosing between y- your children do you know what I mean it's not it's impossible <laughs> I've got to give it to Gareth because he's just got something at the moment if, if I if I get the chance to chat to Gareth I'm going to say listen Gareth just give me give me give me six numbers at the top of your head and I'm going to put it on the lottery because he, he can't miss he cannot miss at the moment what he's doing everything he's done is spot on we're going to have the fully fit squad going into the semi-finals. The Italians are going to miss Spinners, Spinazzola. The Spanish will miss a couple. The Danes are... He's just managed everything spot on. So Gareth Southgate, man of the match for me. He just makes you feel so proud, doesn't he? Oh. And this is a tough one because we've had so many good performances. But whose place would you say is in jeopardy? Um, again, I'm going to give you the same answer that, I'm, that I would give... That give for the last game means the only play, the only reason a player's place is in jeopardy is if is if Gareth decides to match up the Danes and go back to the back three. Um, so in that case, it could be Mason if he goes back to um, you know the three centre halves and maybe brings Trips back in just to match them up because what that allows you to do it allows you to have a steady start against the Danes. Be nice and compact, nice and composed. And if we was to go a goal down, you've got options. But then again, even if you play with the back four and you go a goal down, you've got options because you've got firepower on the bench. But I think, I think Garrett, I called it going back to the back four against the Ukraine. I think he may match him up. But because he may match him up because I think man for man will, will then be enough to, to win the game. You'll fancy it. And who should get their chance in that semi-final? Would you start with Grealish? You know how much I love Jack. It's just, it's just such a tough question. But um, I think he's gone so far now. I think Jack's going to be a impact player. He's uh, it, one of them. Gareth's going to know at Wembley, whatever happens, 60,000 people, if it's not going well, but Jack didn't even wasn't even great against Germany, and Jack would tell that himself. He had a couple of iffy touches, and you know he only had twenty minutes. But what he done was it lifted the fans. Yeah. It lifted Wembley, and, and even involved more in so, the goals as well. Key listen, I'm not, listen, key moments. He'll always give you key moments. That's what he's on a pitch for. But as much as I love Jack, and I would have started him every game because <laughs> my philosophy on football is different with Gareth. Probably why I'm here talking on a podcast and not. You know, I'm happy to to believe in Gareth completely. His way is the way to do it. But, um, he's Gareth knows that he's got that ace in his pocket. If this, he's got Jack to come on to lift Wembley, and also in the current climate as well, 
how are them Danish players feel when their legs are heavy? They might be one nil up. Just say, for instance, they're one nil up with 70 minutes. Jack Grealish comes on. Not only is he going to cause you a problem with his ability, the whole of the Wembley is going to, going to scream and shout and get behind. And referee then, if Jack Grealish goes down in the box and he's one of them where he's like 50-50, he's going to have 60,000 people at Wembley screaming for that pen. So all of these little things will tell me that I don't think Jack will start, but he ain't finished at this tournament yet. He'll have a big moment. Just 90 minutes away from a first possible final at a major tournament since 1966. Say it quietly, it might be coming home, mightn't it? Coming home, Lindsay. We have to keep, listen, <laughs> we're all about this, at this podcast, we're about positivity. You know, we've said it from the start and we're going to, we're going to keep it going. It's, it's, it's coming home. It's coming home. Joel, thank you very much. Great to see you. And we're back tomorrow. We're back in the pub in the All to Play for Arms. We've got former World Cup finalist Nigel Dion with us. What a tough man. We've got Linz coming in here. He was an absolute beast in midfield. And it'd be interesting because he's played in the World Cup final. So we'd get right into him about that. And I didn't get past the quarterfinal on three occasions. So, you know, it'd be great to have Nigel in and ask him how that feels. Yeah, we look forward to it. looking forward to that um, semi-final against Denmark on Wednesday as well. You can find that show wherever you find your podcast or on the Joe YouTube channel. You've been listening to the All to Play For podcast brought to you by Joe and Coral. You've been listening to All to Play For brought to you by Joe and Coral. <laughs>